Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go, the eve of training camp 2022. This is the DNBR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code DNBR when you sign up. Jesse Montano joined by Megan Angley and AJ Haefeli. No Rudo today. Uh, he was up doing some stuff late last night uh, in preparation for the season getting going. Yeah, uh, that so, thing is posted. Uh, go watch his video on Nathan McKinnon's journey. There you go. It's already up. It's ready to go. Uh, just in time for camp. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, we'll be heading over to Media Day here uh, at 4 o'clock. It's uh, a little bit of a different format they're doing for it this year. It's usually down at the arena. Um, yep. So they can't get into the locker room right now. So we couldn't yep. do it in the locker room. Yep, because um, uh, it's being renovated. Yeah, so all the uh, all the the people uh, who have been like whining about how embarrassing their locker room is for years, it's being totally redone. So I guess we're gonna see what it looks like when it's all finished. Yep, uh, it was supposed to be done a couple of years ago, but they're uh, they're getting it finished. Uh, it's been it's it been kind now. of odd because they've been like like painting around it. And renovating the all the direct areas, literally around the locker room itself, and then parts of the locker room, like they repainted them and laid new carpeting and all kinds of that, you know, all that stuff. And now they're just like, okay, we're renovating the whole thing. It's like, yeah, uh, okay. long overdue, long overdue, twenty year old, twenty plus year old uh, arena. But so we're doing a little bit different today. They are down at the arena getting all kinds of. Uh, in-game content and uh, social media content and we are meeting them uh, at another location here in a couple hours uh, so we'll see what that's like we'll be bringing you guys stuff live from there uh, of course but the, uh, the thing we're really excited for the thing we're here to talk about uh, is what kicks off tomorrow with veterans officially getting on the ice uh, for training camp uh, down at Family Sports, rookie camp uh, week is done. We are into main camp, and that means that we are cruising towards preseason games, with I think the first preseason game being shit, I mean, like Sunday. five, six days from now. Yeah, uh, four days from now. Sunday. That split yep. squad game. Yep, so they play Vegas and Minnesota uh, on Sunday. So we're here. Uh, we made it through. So we're going to talk a little bit, a bit, uh, bit today about what we're excited for over this weekend, what we are uh, looking, you know, who we're going to be watching, uh, what we're expecting. So let's let's just kind of get into it. 
I don't think uh, I don't think anyone wants to hear us continue blabbering on about offseason stuff. Uh, no real groundbreaking news from today. Uh, the NHL got that all out of the way earlier in the week. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Megan. This is going to be your first training camp uh, with us here at DNVR. Just what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to honestly because of this forward group and some of the like this PTO they added yesterday. I'm this is what I've been tinkering away with over here, like imagining what kinds of looks they're going to want to give guys because I think they're going to expand outside what we expect to be opening night. So I think we're going to see guys like Maltsev and Kaut get looks, probably even Shane Bowers. Um, and I'm just looking to see how that's going to pan out then and what different types of combinations we're going to get a preview of in camp um, just based on how much forward depth they have going into it. It's a little overwhelming, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's part of the reason why I, <laughs> for me, like, yeah, the, the, the rookies, a lot of the prospect guys uh, to your point, the, the forward depth is just so deep. Uh, it's, it's, this is the first year where I'm really looking at this roster and I, I just, I don't know if I see a spot for even to your point, Megan, that PTO they brought in. I sure. Even if he shows out, you just step back and you're like, where does he go? Where does he fit? Uh, so definitely gonna be an uphill battle for, uh, for some of the kids this week. Um, AJ. Yeah. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think my favorite part is just that we're, gonna be all together again like we're all gonna be back at the rink uh it's gonna be a normal training camp uh we're gonna be in the locker room we're gonna be able to talk to players we're gonna be able to actually get insights on the things we're gonna kind of be able to feel the vibe around the team uh, it's just gonna be uh it's gonna be a really it's gonna go back to what it was you know we're gonna we're gonna be there we're gonna be involved we're gonna be part of it uh and we're gonna have we're going to be able to have stories that we get to tell again and have insights that other people aren't going to have just because we're there. Um, and we have that access and we have, we have that up close look at things that are going on. And um, you know, we're, I, I just think it's, it's, I'm most just excited for like business to go back to usual in the NHL uh, where we, we get to talk to players and we get to, kind of make the most of what they give us and then you know hopefully do cool things for listeners and readers and blah 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 so uh, honestly the... sitting on the couch behind you aj no which one that yeah, yeah right that? there that oh no, that's that... a stack of coasters <laughs> i was like that looks like someone slumped in the couch and that's all i can look at so Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's a stack of coasters, and I'm not sure what the thing next to it is. I think it might be yeah. like a tiny lamp. As long as it's not a person. Or it's not. Person. Uh, if it is, yikes. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody Same in my up. basement. But no. <laughs> um, no, the ghost The ghost actually did not follow me from house to house. So the ghost in the That's what you're hoping for. Here. Hoping, hoping for the ghost to be attached to the house, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely do not want it to be. Uh, a me yeah. thing, but no, I I just think from a media perspective, getting back to normal and actually, because uh, I'd like have I'd like given up. Uh, you know, I'm not going to podium pressers and 
I'm not sitting in on Zoom calls and doing all that. I hated it. I absolutely, I, I just being the anti-social creature that I am, I thought I was. I was really, gonna say. I thought I was really gonna vibe with it. I thought it was really gonna be like my thing. Um, I hated it. It it sucked. It was not. It it was too. Uh, it was it was too impersonal and. I just I was not about it, so I'm looking forward to that. Selfishly, it's all about me. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you, dude. I mean, really, we made the jokes all summer, but even yesterday we had our first like kind of real media event of the season uh, out at the uh, charity golf classic. Uh, Nathan McKinnon signing the the new deal, and just talking to a few people there, like everyone's kind of sharing the same uh, same thought process that we've kind of had. Like I said, lighthearted, tongue in cheek all summer, where it's just uh, they won. Like, what do you like? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Like, they won. They they're coming off of it. It's yeah. it's usually this it's this week. This this is honestly today is one of my favorite days of the year. It's the night before training camp. And, you know, in the past, especially, especially AJ, when, when I first started doing this with, with you and, and in the years leading up before that training camp was the one time of year where you got to be optimistic and you got to dream and, and you saw the, the fun combinations in camp. I always go back to the, uh, Yakupov, Duchesne, Kerfoot line in camp that AJ and I were just sitting there like, this could be like the first line, like they're clicking, they're finding each other everywhere. It's just so fun to dream on that stuff. But as has been the case all summer long, there's just a different feel because you're not, you know, needing to hope and dream and, oh, well, who's going to step up? Who made the huge changes? You're running out of this window. You're wasting the prime. You're wasting this. Um, this is just, it's more of like, hey, how, how much is that fire still burning? Uh, how much do you guys understand what we just went through? Cool. We can do that again. Um you know, can they start making themselves into a, can they start pushing for a dynasty with, yeah, we, we swap these guys in and out. We get Evan Rodriguez in September and he turns into a stud. Uh, it's all, it just, it's all fun things to look forward to this week. So um, yeah, AJ, I'm with you. Like a lot of the stuff for me is just <clears throat> being back around the ring, being back around all the other, uh, you know, all the other people that are as into this game as we are. And, and um, yeah, all also that stuff from a, from a media perspective is, how much this that landscape has changed in the last few years mm -hmm. um it's just you know the 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 retirements and such of you know the mike chambers of the world like wish him well and everything um uh, and whatever's next for him in his life and but it's it's just a very different media atmosphere than we've seen before so it's gonna be which, which I think will be great because it'll be a, a different look at the team than we've had in the past. Well, it's just, it's interesting. That's an interesting point to bring up because, you know, uh, AD in the last couple of years, you know, he's taking a little bit more of a backseat, having, having some younger people, you know, get in there and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, get, get that experience and stuff. And uh, now Chambers, uh, you know, like you said, retiring, Terry Fry has kind of taken a step back more part-time the last couple of years. It's just, it's, it's a funny point to make AJ because like it's, I know we talk about it a lot as media and other people in the media room, but like, those are people that I, like I grew up reading those, those three guys, like those yeah. are who, those are the guys I went to for abs coverage. Like they, they're the original guys. They've been here from the beginning. And so it's just, it's a funny kind of, 
um, you know, like demar line of demarcation of, Hey, you know, the, the organization is approaching 30 years old. Uh, there's a whole new wave of guys that, that yeah. you know, that are part of the organization. And it's just kind of symbolic of where the team is at that, especially with this Stanley cup, you know, we did the Mount Rushmore pod earlier this summer and we made the point that, Hey, you start hanging up banners and suddenly a lot of these like legacy guys, the legacy is not so safe because the people yeah. that have come behind you have, have started to do it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's just, it, like I said, it's or to your point, like you said, it's, it's a, it's just a fun little kind of symbolic changing of the guard and, uh, all those guys, we, we wish them well. I've, I've had nothing but, but good encounters with, uh, with all those yeah, guys. This, is, this is not a shade thing. This is just, no, 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 it's making me nostalgic. Like <laughs> I would in high school, read articles on the DP in lunch. I'd go in the computer lab. I was kind of a quiet kid. So I would do that for lunch, read articles on the DP. And then when I got my license, I was driving up for training camps. I have a binder filled with old training camp rosters Mm -hmm. And I get to be a part of this in a way that that high school student never imagined. I met Chambers while I was at DU and picked his brain about sports writing. And he was doing the DU beat at the time. Like, it's just come full circle in a lot of ways. And it's definitely making me nostalgic. It yeah. is. Somebody asked if I'm the old guy in the media room. And I would say only technically. Um like bolding has kind of been in and out in different roles over the years, mm-hmm. but he's been around longer than me. Uh, just in doing the same job, it would probably be me. But even then I've taken a step back in the last year as well. So. Well, and then uh, Pat Graham too. He. Uh... Yeah. I mean the AP guys that, that cover everything. Yeah. Those guys are always there. Uh, Pat's the man too, dude. Like he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He's dude. He's, he's a uh... Jayhawk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know, he's just like, to your point, like he does a little bit of everything, but he finds a way to be like super committed to everything. He's yeah. uh, always asking questions, you know, always doing a little bit of research, picking people's brain. He he's one that he's been around for, for a long time. And I hope he doesn't go anywhere anytime soon. I, I remember, uh, I remember he him. asked, uh, he asked a, a former abs player who I'm not going to put on blast here, uh, a, like a pretty basic question. And this player, like, like tore him down and like it's like and i was standing there watching it and it's like my greatest fear right like yeah that's always it like that's never been a thing that's happened to me i've had like some minor issues with guys everybody remembers the ryan graves thing but it's like mm-hmm. um i've never I've, I've never actually like like had a guy just like 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 tear me down in front of other people mm-hmm. like that and that dude, he he kind of finished, and Pat was like, "Thank you for your time." And he walked over, and he fist bumped me, and nothing changed. He was just like, "Okay, yeah. maybe he's having a bad day. I don't know. It's not my yeah. problem. I just tried to ask what I thought was a simple question." Yeah, and I thought that was that was like a good learning moment for me to just be like, yep. "True, like it's not necessarily a you know sometimes the guy's just having a bad day or." You know, some guys are jerks too. Like that does happen. Um, but it's like his his response to it, his attitude was he was just like, ah. he, he's someone who he gets he gets the industry kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he gets that. Yeah, you, you know, we're AJ. You and I were on the phone last night. We were kind of laughing. Like, 
as awesome as it is to be in the room, God, it's always so awkward to be that, you know, first one or two people in there and all, you know, all the players look up and like, it's, uh, he's someone, Pat's someone who, uh, who gets that. And, and he's just, he's got a great attitude towards all of it. And he's, uh, like you said, even though he's not a hockey guy, there's a lot of good teaching moments that I've had from him. So where this is going, if you're listening to this, go follow Pat Graham. He does a good job covering the abs for, uh, for the AP and, and he's always a great guy to have in the room. He's a, he's a great all around follow. Um, but yes, big, big music guy. Like you said, uh, Jayhawk, uh, big baseball guy. Big uh, baseball guy loves yeah. some Royals. Hey, so there Wondering, you go, Pat. There's a nice, there's a nice five minute plug for Pat Graham. <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out, Pat. Yeah, who probably is too busy to listen to this pod, so I can't even yeah. make the loyal listener joke this time. And, and I do apologize that we got started talking about you with who's the old man in the media room. <laughs> I don't think that would that Pat does not strike me as a guy that that would bother at it. He'd be like. That just means I'm doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they keep me around for a long time. That's all that is. Still around. Oh. Uh, anyway, and, and from a media hey, perspective, the media landscape and, and consuming all the different people, you know. Part of really what I'm excited for, honestly, though. Such a turnover. You know, Kyle Fredrickson at the Gazette now, uh, replacing Kate Shefty. And yep. uh, obviously, Arif and JJ over at Mile High Sports. And, you know, Bolding. Yep. Um Peter's obviously yeah. still at the athletic. Peter's great. Everybody loves Peter. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the thing is that it's a, it's an, it's the, the abs media has kind of switched over into a certain age bracket. That's a lot more aligned instead of having actual old guys in the room. I said like, mm. you know, Mike and Adrian are like old, No, <laughs> but you know, uh, older than any of us are. So it was yeah. like, Here's how I always quantify it. Whenever I like it, because my my middle sister always complains about how old she is and how old she feels. And this is always for me. If I died tomorrow and you heard about it on the news, if most people's first reaction would be, oh my gosh, so young, you're not that old. Yeah. And that that age is much, much, much older than people think. Yeah. From when people shift from wow so young to well they lived a good life it's a it, it's a good way to try to keep your head straight if you have an issue with your age because my my line of demarcation right there is 70 yeah i was gonna say you have to be like into your 70 75 to where it's, it's like if i hear yeah. somebody if i if i hear somebody that dies at 72 i'm like that's a that's a good chunk of life you know like <laughs> what like how much longer would they have re- really wanted or had or whatever you know um, circumstantial for sure, you know, because I, you know, I lost both of my grandparents in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They both lived into their 90s, and I'll yeah. tell you, the last five years of each of their life, like they were ready. It yeah. wasn't like they were in a hurry, but they were like, Look, I'm prepared for this. I've yeah. had a great life. I'm I've packed up all my stuff, you know, I'm kind of just <laughs> playing it out now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like, I don't they remember were... how we got down this road, but yeah, oh, yes, 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 I do, I do, but no, no, I, I would just say 70 was always kind of that line for me where I'm like, if you die if you die at 67 or something it's like dang man it's still it's still feels like you got cheated a bit there yep yep they got life left um anyways anyway <laughs> totally training camp related uh but no you know the media stuff is something for real that i'm excited about there's a question here that, you know do you guys um interact with peter ball a lot look all these guys that we talked to uh you know obviously last year was a bit crazy but uh, being around the rink every day like yeah, I was around all of these guys 
daily. Honestly, there were points last year, depending on the time of year, I was around those guys more than I was around uh, our own DNVR folks. Um, so they are like, they're good people. You have to have uh, yeah. good relationships in the media. That was arena. partially restrictions on the arena though. This year. Oh, oh well, that's what hopefully, I'm saying. Like, yeah, hopefully this year we can actually like be at games together again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. So like, excited for that. And like you had to go to Winnipeg and, and like, there's all kinds of yeah. things, but yeah, like I, I spent a lot of time around him last year and you know, we laugh and joke about, Oh, you know, competition. And you know, we're trying to, you're trying to get their readers and vice versa. And like, well, that is all true. You know, it's, it's, it's business. It's whatever. Uh, you do have to have a good working relationship with all those media people. Cause you spend a lot of time with them uh, yeah. throughout the playoffs. I was spending time with them. I was traveling with them. Uh, a lot of times we were on the same flights and stuff. So uh, yeah, no, it definitely benefits you to play nice. And it's easy when you got people like Peter, um, in the media room and, yeah. and JJ and stuff like that. Cause they're just good people. Yes. Um, all yeah, right. Well, so that's what greens read. Do it, do it right yeah. now. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I could. Cause it just went so perfectly, but not today. Uh, that is what we are excited for, uh, for this weekend, uh, as we're gearing up for it. Uh, we're going to start diving into a little bit more of what we were looking for, specifically more pertaining to what's happening on the ice. But <laughs> first, <laughs> uh, this is the DNVR Avalanche podcast uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are also brought to you by uh, Breckenridge Brewery. It is the official beer of DNVR. Uh, now that we are back open, I know we uh, have been working on getting this brand new tap uh, all set up and working. Uh, so once that's up and going, we will have all of those Breckenridge be uh, beers on tap. We have the regular seltzers and the canned beers already at the bar. Uh, you guys know that's pretty much uh, all we drink. And don't remember, they do have uh, their Hoot Nanny coming up October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. National uh, acts like Spin Doctors, local favorites like Railroad Earth, uh, rocking out. So stay tuned to everything DNVR for Hoot Nanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Uh, check out the link in the description or visit breckbrew.com for details uh, on tickets and uh, on the artist lineup. So get, if you haven't gone down to the farmhouse, get down to the farmhouse. Uh, you know, we love, uh, we love Breck. They always take care of us and uh, the beers are great. Uh, also brought to you guys by Ivaca TV. Uh, look, pretty much everyone I'm talking to now that it's come time for the season to get going again. Uh, I have a bunch of people I know that are saying, yep, I'm making the switch to Ivaca. Uh, I need altitude defending Stanley cup champs and not, not missing their games this year. Uh, really that is, that's, that's the pitch. That's the big one. They have altitude sports. Ivaca has altitude sports. They have AT&T sports, not Rocky mountain NFL network, uh, all of that good stuff. Plus 60 plus entertainment channels, uh, news, uh, sports, all kinds of good stuff. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. And right now Colorado sports fans can get $10 off per month for the first three months uh, to score that deal. Go to evoca.tv slash Colorado 10 E V O C a dot TV slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches superior picture. Evoca is really the only way to go, especially now heading into the abs and nuggets season. DNBR avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook, Jesse, AJ, Megan hanging out on training camp Eve. Uh, we'll be heading over to media day really pretty much once this is wrapped up. Uh, they pushed it back a little bit on us. They pushed it back a half hour. So we'll have maybe a minute to kick around a bit before we head over there. But uh, 
All exciting stuff. Let's get into what we're looking for on the ice. We've uh, we got a nice look at a lot of the uh, rookies, a lot of the prospects, uh, amateur tryout guys uh, over the weekend at uh, the rookie showcase in San Jose. Uh, some of those guys will be bleeding over to main camp. Uh, they'll maybe get a day, day or two. We'll start seeing some cuts before Eagles camp opens up. Uh, and then we'll start to see some of those guys getting in games. Some of those names that Megan mentioned earlier, uh, Martin Couch, Shane Bowers, Mikhail Maltsev, uh, uh, Oscar Olison, Olausen, Sampo Ranta. So those are going to be definitely some guys to keep an eye on. Uh, I started with Megan last time. AJ, I'll start with you. Are those really the big things of what you're looking for, given what we've talked about with this being the defending Stanley Cup champs? Or do you have some some veteran uh, maybe roster spots that you're watching or anybody that you want to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would say that the one guy that we might have – overlook this entire offseason is Brad Hunt. Um, I would say just given his contract, and we've talked about this before, when teams give out one-way deals, really expect that guy to be in the NHL. Uh, And so, uh, especially because as far as we know, to this point, they have not given out a PTO to anybody on defense. Like, Brad Hunt just might be the guy. Like, he might be he might be the guy that we're talking about as the extra defenseman and not, you know, Curtis McDermott, obviously is he the 13th forward? Is he the seventh defenseman? And he might really be like the eighth defenseman uh, with Brad hunt right in there, because uh, again, a one-way contract, you usually don't give that to somebody unless you're really planning on them being part of your NHL club. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I would just say that that is a, that is a, a storyline that I think we've probably overlooked a little uh, all summer long, kind of just forgetting that it happened. Um, but he's, you know, he's a, he's an okay defender with a little offensive jump. I think his uh, that that play style will be a nice fit in Colorado. Uh, he's not big, he's not really big, but he's got a really nice shot. Uh, goals just kind of follow him everywhere he goes. So uh, being able to being a guy that can jump into the play and activate, uh, that's a guy that I'm going to be watching in camp. Uh, you know, I, I would love to be like, oh, one of these young guys is going to step up, you know, like, oh, Sharavalov's going to shock everybody and steal a roster spot. But I think it's just going to be boring old mailman named Brad Hunt. Yeah, it's funny, AJ, because I saw them. They tweeted something out from, again, because the abs are doing like their own version of Media Day right now down at Ball Arena. All the videos and stuff you see uh, on the big board, intro videos, GIFs that you'll see on Twitter and shit. And they did a couple, um, they put out a couple tweets kind of highlighting Brad Hunt. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he was here. Uh, And so I'm glad you brought that up because same for me. He's someone that I'm going to keep an eye on because kind of like what we were saying a minute ago with some of these younger guys. It's not that I don't think they can't show well. I'm just having a hard time finding space. And when you're talking about a guy like Brad Hunt, you know, you mentioned Curtis McDermott. Um, All right, cool. But now you've kind of got McDermott hanging out here that, all right, are you just committing to him as the extra forward um, and someone who can kind of flex back and forth? Uh yeah, Brad Hunt definitely kind of adds a, another element to what to expect. So I think that's a great one. 
I would also add that in the very unlikely event that Curtis McDermott's roster spot is in question, the Galchenyuk PTO would make a lot more sense. Right. To me. If if they were actually truly legitimately open to the idea of eh, this is a guy that we'll you know, we could put him on waivers and send him down to the Eagles if we really liked what we see elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Galchenyuk thing makes way more sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if that's if if McDermott is as kind of locked in as we're expecting, then we're back to I don't know how it I don't know where he fits. For sure, uh, especially yeah. if they do have a guy like Hunt, if they've already kind of got him penciled into the NHL lineup, right. uh, I have an expectation of him making that making that roster. I then I definitely don't know where. Um, you know, are you, are you going to carry right? A full Maybe. roster, like it's just not an abs thing to do to actually carry a full roster. Well, and then I guess the one thing that we don't really know, and it's really only one guy, but you know, in terms of availability for the start of the season, um, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable uh, and confident in saying that Sam Gerard will be full go starting tomorrow. Um, So, you know, I don't know if you have a ton of question marks in terms of who's going to be available. Um, But we all, we all know what Val was dealing with not all that long ago. Um, So you wonder, does maybe some of this factor into that? Uh, Great, great call on that, AJ. Uh, Megan, for you, what, what are you just, who are you going to be keeping an eye on? Is there any particular storyline you're going to be, uh particularly interested in i think we've talked about georgiev already and that's not Mm. something i think i'll be able to personally draw meaningful conclusions from it's something i'll be watching but also looking to people who know a little bit more about goaltending to weigh in on how his campus is shaking out but it's back to the forward group and it's back to the eagles conversation we've talked about opportunity and existing opportunity in the current abs forward group just not really being there so i'm looking to see what combinations they come up with in terms of call-ups for the future if there are guys that are getting good looks and are jiving well with current abs players um that might be people then i look to and expect a call-up opportunity in the future because they're getting these looks in camp so you know with Motsov and kaut they're in an interesting position um just because of where they're at but with ranta and alausen i don't know I feel like there's more opportunity for call-ups later in the season. And with Maltsev and Kaut, they're looking to be like a 13th man. And that makes the Galchenyuk thing interesting. Um, so I'll, I'll be looking at how Galchenyuk fits into the picture too. Um, and then Rodriguez. Like we kind of assume, right, he's somewhere in this lineup and it makes it better in some way. So I'm just curious how he makes it better because the question of what their solution for 2C is still open. And I think they're going to be giving a couple of different guys looks there during camp. Will it be new hook? That's something I'm interested to see. How does new hook look after like, how does everyone look after a summer that went a little longer because of a Stanley cup final run and likely had some training cut just a bit short. How is everybody looking generally? So I had that thought yesterday because I was standing next to uh, new hook and he looked bigger to me. Like, he, he just, he looked like he had filled out a little bit more and I was in the car driving home and I was just trying to sit there and think, 
because to your point, Megan, like the season went so long, the off season was short. There's obviously, you know, celebrating that cuts into all of that too. Um, and I was sitting there, I was like, damn it. Is that my head playing tricks on me? Cause that's what you want to see out of new hook. You know, he's continuing to fill out and, and grow into his body or like, did he even have time to do that? Like, you know what I mean? Like those are just the thoughts that were going through my head. Cause it was such an unorthodox off season for, for, uh, you know, winning the Stanley cup, that off season that follows after is always going to be odd for whatever team. Um, but, but yeah, you know, so, you know, you mentioned new hook and and like, I'm asking dead serious, like, okay, were you able to, to, you know, bulk up your size a little bit? Were you able to hone in on anything to see a noticeable improvement this soon, uh, over what we saw you doing eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. Um, and again, like I'm genuinely curious because that's a much shorter off season than, uh, what these guys normally get, you know, you're normally getting a first look at them after five months uh, and seeing how much work they've put in. Um, I love your answer to the goalies because for me, you're, you're, when you're talking about goaltenders, especially in this type of situation, you're not going to, it's going to be really hard to pull, um, you know, opinions out of how they're playing, how they're going to play. But one thing I remember last year, us watching uh, Darcy Kemper really closely and more so just how is he, how is he gelling with UC Parkala? Cause UC Parkala has goaltenders. Like he has a style and it makes some goalies uncomfortable. And, and we saw it last year, Darcy Kemper actually getting frustrated at camp because yeah. he wasn't the one that I remember in particular was he wasn't moving from side to side the way that UC Parkla wanted when the puck was out high looking through traffic. Um, and, and so that's going to be something that I'm watching is how much of what UC Parkla is talking to uh, Georgiev about how much of that is new. Is he catching on? Does it look like he's struggling to, to kind of get what, what Parkla is, uh, is saying is talking about, uh, how is he going to kind of be leaning on Frankie? We know that Francois and Kemper had a great relationship. It's actually one of my favorite little details about the the second the clock hits zero in game six. Everyone rushes Darcy Kemper and he pushes past like three people to find Pablo Francois uh, before they get in a hug and go back to the the pile. So how does that relationship start shaking out? Uh, I, I, I honestly I loved a lot of what. Both if you, you can't said. get along with Pavel Francouz, you're the problem. No, seriously. Seriously, dude. He's he's amazing. He's the nicest dude ever. I'm looking forward to uh chatting with him tomorrow. Um uh, and then and then the one other ad I'll kind of add just to expand a little bit on you mentioned him, uh Megan, but I am gonna be watching Alex Galchenyuk. Um again, just because I think there are some question marks around the fringes in terms of what you're trying to replace. And again, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not planning on him showing up and stealing a roster spot. I'm not expecting him to even earn a contract, but he is just an interesting player because when you have someone that skilled or theoretically that skilled, um, who's, you know, career was based around skill and scoring goals and stuff like that. Um, to me, it's always at least interesting to get a look at that that type of player and see, do you have it? What's missing? Uh, I, I don't expect him to have fixed it. But look, if, if he shows up to camp and he's put in a ton of work the last five months and he's got his head straight and he comes into this locker room and understands the culture from day one, 
Does Alex Galchenyuk have the high, high end potential to be a nice pickup for this team? 100%. How likely is that? Probably less than five. <laughs> um, I, I would but, say with, with Galchenyuk, it's it's a lot like the bet that they made with Burakovsky out of Washington a few years ago, mm-hmm. but with more extreme variance there for because sure. yeah. we've seen more from Galchenyuk already in his career than we ever saw out of Burakovsky before he got to Denver. <laughs> but the but the lows have been significantly lower for Galchenyuk than they ever were for Burakovsky in Washington. Yeah. So, uh, and again, like you're talking about, this is a this is a guy who was a top five pick who has been discarded by six teams. Yeah. yeah. In five years, like the guy has bounced around a lot. It's not you know like one or two teams where it just didn't work out. Six teams is a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, you're talking a fifth of the NHL just said, we're good. So, uh, but I, but I, but I do think like, like I've been, I've been pessimistic about it because I live on planet earth where (laughs) I remember what PTOs look like the vast majority of the time. Right. But you know, because Jack Johnson was a, was a below average defenseman, but he was signed to a PTO last year. And because Val Nachushkin worked out once upon a time, we live in this world where we're like, we're, we're the little kid from uh, angels in the outfield with the, Hey, it could happen. (laughs) And we look at every PTO like that because we're like, ah, you know, they, they unearthed a gem in a gem in Nachushkin and they unearthed a not very good, but healthy enough to play often enough contributor in Jack Johnson uh, in their Stanley Cup run. Like that, that it's now like, well, this could go well. I mean, we'll dis- we'll disregard all the other PTOs that have been problems. Uh, Hey, what did I say at the very beginning of this though? Like the night before training camp, it's a one night you get to, (laughs) it's a one night you get to be optimistic where it's like, wow, maybe you get to, you get to forget for one night what (laughs) it actually looks like on the ice for certain guys. uh, And in some cases, certain teams. Well, like this isn't Neil Yakupov. This is a guy that had a 30 goal season in the NHL. Right. Like, I made the comparison to Volsky yesterday being like, yeah. well, look, like for some reason that guy's career just cratered into mm-hmm. his 20s. The same thing has, has happened to Galchenyuk. But with the way that the Avs can have, have set some of these guys up for success, the way that the Avs have been able to tap into the skill portion of the games and convince some of these guys, hey, you need to play a certain way for us. If you can play this really up-tempo, Mm-hmm. high-paced, frenetic, offensive-oriented style uh, where you you really do get to emphasize a lot of skill, but you do have to grind. You right. do have to work. Then, you know, you might be a good fit here. Like, the, the skill that you've seen from Galchenyuk isn't the question mark. It's right. all the other things. Because I don't think it would be the world's biggest surprise if he worked out in Colorado and ended up like a 2020 season, right? Right, right, right. Where he's a guy that helps replace Burakovsky 
and they it's 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 the ultimate you know they mined value out of a guy that they gave a league minimum deal to right because nobody else wanted to put him nobody else trusted him enough to put him in a position where they said hey we think this could happen like there's all the negative reasons he's been a bad nhl player all the stuff that i've said yesterday uh still applies but like i also don't think that it's out of the like i don't it, it would not shock me if things worked out for him because the abs have done a very good job with this type of player yeah you know these high skill guys and they keep looking you know it started with the grigorenkos uh of the world you know where they just kind of keep looking around uh taking shots on guys like these and it makes sense you sh- it sh- you should take a shot on a guy like this like galchenyuk in denver makes a lot more sense than like brian boyle which was another right. name that people were like oh well maybe that guy like that guy just is more of the same of what you've already got at least with galchenyuk you know we're talking about where does he fit part of that is that he would need to play with skill well, if Val Nichushkin's not healthy, if he's still battling the foot uh, coming into camp, he's still healing up and he's not healthy, you know, we don't know how long that could be for him. Say he misses the first month of the season. Purely conjecture from me, okay? Because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we can I find wanna, out today wanna... he's good to go to get on the ice tomorrow. Exactly. I want to make that clear. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, but it's it, – what if he misses the first month of the season, Alex Galchenyuk in your top six – you know, moonlighting in your top six for a little bit there suddenly is a thing that you're like, ah, okay. Take a look. You know, because yeah. the Nicholas Abe Kubels will be available on the waiver wire all year. Those types of like fourth line grinder type guys, but a guy with the, with the upside that you'll actually dream on with a Galchenyuk, he's available now. He's in your camp now. If you wanted to give him that deal, if he shows well in training camp, you can give him a deal. Uh, training camp and preseason, obviously. Uh, you could give him, you could give him a deal at the end of it, and he can just sit on your bench until you have an injury to a guy where you're like, all right, we need a little bit more of a skill look here, because he's never gonna. Let's be real, like this is ne- he's never gonna be a guy that you can put on a fourth line and say go four check. He can't do yeah. it. He's right. never done it. He can't. He never in his life has Alex Galchenyuk been like four checking. It's not his game. Yes. Yeah, love that. No, it's just not who he is. So you have to be. If, if that guy is going to work out, what I'm saying is he's got to be put in a position to succeed. You know, if you're going to put him in a training camp line, uh, and you don't want to put him on with with the NHL guys right away, at least put him, you know, Maltsev, Kout, and then Galchenyuk. Like put well, him with some skill some skill AHL guys that can actually make some things happen. And that's, and that's one of the, one of the things I'm really going to be looking for. Um, Cause I think it'll honestly be telling depending on how they use him here, uh, what kind of opportunities they give him in camp. I think it'll kind of be telling of, are they actually looking to give this guy a shot Two two things with, with uh, what you said, AJ one talking about the five teams in six years or six teams in five years, whatever it is yeah. at this point. Um, look, you can always be excited about players and this, this is true of every sport. Whenever you see a a trade or a signing or something like this, where like AJ said, why was it that the Arizona coyotes didn't run it back with Galchenyuk? You always have to ask yourself, why was this guy available? No, I mean like two states in Arizona. 
Right. And, and like, why didn't, why didn't that team want to bring him back for this year? Right. So you always, you always have to ask yourself those, those questions. You know, it was, it was something I remember learning that lesson. Uh, not, that was not when I learned it, but when, when the Broncos acquired Peyton Manning, you have to sit there and be like, yeah, this is really exciting. Why did a team move on from him? You have to calculate all those risks. And obviously Peyton Manning is the ultimate example of wow, it worked out. The team that let him walk severely miscalculated, but uh, that's, they drafted Andrew Luck. Yeah. Well, brutal, just brutal for Andrew Luck. Um, terrible luck for him. Um, <laughs> thank you, Megan. I'll be here all week. Um, yeah. So it's just going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of looks they actually give Galchenyuk because a lot of what you said, AJ, like he is one of the few guys that they brought in that has the skill upside um, th- that, that you actually say, cool, if, if this clicks, it could work. And then my second point there is, <laughs> and trying not to sound too burgundy tinted glasses here, you really do. Like when you step back and look at this league, you say, <laughs> well, if there's any one place where a player like that is going to be set up to succeed right now, it's, it's Colorado between uh, the, the leadership, the accountability, uh, the, the, the team buy-in. And then on top of that, to your, your points, AJ, you're putting him, if you are going to put him in that lineup, let's say it's in place of Balnachushkin, even for a week, he's going to get some looks with the best players he's had a, a chance to play with, uh, consistently for a while. You know, obviously he got a couple looks with the, with the Maple Leafs a couple years ago, good offensive team where he, he scored some goals, but, um, it, it's, it seems like one of those things where it's like, wow, if you can't make it work here, I don't know what really is left for you. Cause I think they are going to put them in a great, great spot to succeed. Uh, Megan, before I do these uh, last reads, you have anything else to add on Galchenyuk? Um, I'm just wondering too, and this might be a bit of a stretch. If it's something like insurance behind Myers or something to incentivize Myers specifically, um, with a competitive edge going into camp. Not that I don't think they're sure on Myers. There's a reason that he chose Colorado over other options. Um, mm-hmm. But sure. I just wonder too, if some of that presence is, t- is challenging directly Myers. No, it's a good point. Cause I mean, like he's the one that I think we all kind of have penciled in. Right. But really like, ah, probably not. Um, you know, he's, he's probably not uh, a sure, sure lock. Yeah, I know. no, uh, uh, just because he is such a young kid, but like that is someone that we've all just kind of assumed. Yep. He's good. Uh, and that's a great point, Megan, that that's someone who could be looking at the Galchenyuk thing saying, Ooh, wait a minute. That might be my spot. Can you fuck off? <laughs> I've never seen the cat before. Yeah. He's uh his hand is cat. He's a little motherfucker. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Sweet, sweet little guy, but my goodness, I've never lived with cats before and there's nothing off limits for cats. Like my little miniature dachshund, if I don't want him to have something, I put it up on the table. But I don't want this cat to have something. I have to like move it to the garage and lock the door. Um, we are, this is the TNVR Avalanche uh, podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL action is in full swing over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the, of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. And new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team 
to win and get two uh, on any NFL team to win and get $2,000, $200. Holy smokes. This is not going great. Uh, in free bets. If they do win, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings uh, with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. And right now for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with bigger payouts than ever. Why bet on football, football anywhere else uh, to make things even sweeter. Uh, you can throw down a stepped up same game par- parlay once per game, once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the description for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you guys by uh, one of our newest partners, Game Time. Everyone uh, everyone at DNVR, a lot of people at DNVR went out and had a great night last night at the Rockies game. Uh, Using Game Time tickets, uh, I think they got them for like six bucks a ticket. Uh, Good seats. If you love DNVR, you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in this description, join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Um, look, obviously the job we do, we uh, we aren't normally in the ticket buying business, like especially for abs. Um, but abs tickets are going to be expensive this year. Um, they've made some changes to the way that they do tickets. KSE has the last couple of years. It can honestly kind of be a pain uh, to go right through their system. Game time is 10 times easier, more competitive prices, uh, easier to use on your phone. Download the game time app uh, and and just get all your tickets to them. Like we were saying, DNBR did it for a huge group of people going to the Rockies game. No problem at all. Great price tickets. Download that game time app right now. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's round this out. Let's, uh, Let's get into. You got a a dark horse. You got like a a guy that you're like, this dude is about to just blow up camp. Uh, mine's Sampo. Fuck. I I don't. I don't think he makes the team necessarily. Um, was that yours? Yes. Sorry. Uh, dude, I just there was a. He had a look in his eye the other day. Yeah. And the way that he played during that tournament made me think. Sample's about yeah. to go run some dudes over in NHL camp. I mean, I I think I mentioned it on the pod last week or or since. I mean, Megan and I were sitting there talking to him, and uh, you know, he was he was light, he was laughing, joking about stuff. And I asked him what his goal was for for camp. You know, what what he wanted out of himself. Uh, and, and you know, everyone had given good answers. Oh, I'm trying to improve this. I'm always wanting to improve that. This is something they've told me they want me to get better at. And then without missing a beat, without taking a breath, he looked, he looked me dead in the eye and he goes, to make the avalanche. And I was just like, I can tell you mean that. Like the look in your eye, the tone of your voice, I can tell that you mean that. And um, he really has struck me as someone who understands what last year was for him. It didn't go well. It didn't yeah. go the way he wanted it to. Um, and, and he looks determined to, to come out and prove to everyone and himself um, 
no, this is, this is for real. I'm, I'm here to win a job and I'm, I'm here to play in the NHL. Um, like I said, I'm not necessarily saying he makes the, the team right out of camp, but uh, I think he's going to turn some heads. Yeah. I think that there's a seriousness to him that uh, you might even just call it maturity, just understanding mm-hmm. that if you're going to make the team, if you're going to be an impact guy, if you're going to set yourself up for a good year, it starts now. Yeah. Uh, especially in this organization that treats, you know, it's, it's not like it takes its preseason, like super duper seriously, but it does say, look, you show up here uh, when you get here, you know, from day one, we're, we're here to work. We're here yeah. to work. We're here to be, uh, we're here to be invested in our goals and, uh, we're trying to win it. We're trying to win a championship. We're trying to, we're trying to bring home that hardware. All right. Last year's over. It's done. Yeah. yeah. It's now on to a new year, fresh slate. Everybody's coming for us now. You know, we thought, we thought that the, the abs were already getting people's a games in the past and they have been for the last couple of years. Uh, but teams are really now going to be like, yeah, we want to, we want a shot at the champs. Yeah. We want to take these guys down a peg and, uh, the best way to prepare for that is to just understand that they're going to be coming. Everybody's going to be coming hard at them. And I think that Sampo probably has a better feel for what it's going to take than he did a year ago when he kind of just walked in and was like, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. You know? Like, oh yeah. I'm here to, I'm here, I'm here to work. I'm here to make a team. Let's do this. It's going to be great. Uh, Cause that's a guy that's made teams his entire life. Right. It hasn't right. been it it hasn't been a, a super struggle for him for a long time. Uh and then last year I think was a humbling experience and we're really getting going to get an idea of what makes Sampo Ranta tick this year yeah. and how he bounces back from that. Yeah. AJ, it's it's so funny, man, because I <laughs> not to fully rehash it. But I sent out that tweet uh last week about the Broncos and talking about <laughs> their culture and it just, it, it's, it's actually, it was actually really funny because it's, it spurred a conversation for us about culture pertaining to the abs. And mm-hmm. I actually heard like two or three other podcasts this week talk a lot about culture. And one of them was uh, talking about the Winnipeg Jets and how culture is such a funny thing because when the Jets were good, everyone talked about how great the culture was. Well, the core hasn't really changed much, but the the organization has kind of changed the direction, the, the way they're headed. And now it's, well, is the culture bad? You know, they're having to change their captains and, and around and, and stuff. And we had the conversation last week of, you know, regardless of what you think of, you know, either those other teams that you just mentioned, the other Broncos, the Jets, whatever. When you look at the abs, we showed up to day one of rookie camp. Before they even go to the tournament, it's supposed to be the day to like break guys in, get guys back on the ice. They haven't been skating for a few days. Uh, And they were talking about today is the day we set the tone for what to expect, what this organization is about. If you are on not just the NHL team, but any of the the teams within this organization, this is the expectation. We're here to win. Uh, We're here to win championships, not feel good about ourselves. And like you said, AJ, Sampo seemed to get that this year. He seemed to understand, again, from the limited availability we've had with him so far, he seems like he understands what is at stake here, what is expected of him. 
Um, and it, it's, you hope it's an exciting sign of how truly deep this, this winning mentality runs. Um, but he's the one for me that I think is like dark horse, um, is, is going to make, you know, ruffle some feathers. I think he's a great answer too. I think outside of the 10 games he got up with the abs, he was not gifted any other opportunities from that point on, even with the Eagles. And I think that was frustrating for him. I think it showed in his game mentally. And I think he recognizes that those 10 games were a gift that he's not going to be gifted back. He'll have to earn it. And I think he's a mentally tough person too. So I would count on him. I also felt like last preseason was really good for him. So kind of similarly, Oscar Olison, I think, had a good preseason last year. He's someone I hope will also look strong. It was one of his best looks, honestly, of the year too. I thought he looked so great playing around pro talent in preseason. Like I think at one point he was line mates with Nachushkin, and I think that's just excellent for him. Um, Mm. But the person I'm looking at is Martin Kaut, and it's for similar reasons to Ranta. But he had six games with the Avs and never got another call up last year. And so I watched him as he healed from his shoulder injury and then returned to the Eagles lineup. There was um, frustration in those immediate games that he played. He played well, but there were some moments where he appeared to pull on the brakes or let off the gas a little bit at the ends of shifts. And he corrected that really quickly throughout the course of the season um, and really took strides as a player. He became more responsible defensively. And I think Kaut recognized that kind of similarly to how Ranta's not going to be gifted anything moving forward. He isn't either. And he's on, he's in a much more challenging position. So I could see him being extremely motivated and as pro ready as he'll ever be to be in an NHL lineup in camp. And I think he sees the barrier to a full-time roster spot the same way that we do. That's something that he's going to have to show out in a big way in camp to overcome. Here's my thing with Martin Cow. I, I guess I, I always feel bad because I've always been just so on the other side of, of where I'm. Martin Cow, for him to get a, a look, everyone's just been expecting him to just get a look. He's got to do something that is unique to Martin Cow. That has been my issue with him every time I've watched him play at the AHL, and especially when he comes up. I haven't ever seen Martin Kaut do so. It's like, wow, you can only get that from Martin Kaut. He's just too, he's just too replaceable. And in those bottom six roles and stuff, I think the, the way the abs have obviously looked at it is mm, you don't do anything that discernible from Darren Helm or Andrew Cogliano. And we'd rather have the, the veteran experience. I want to see Martin Kaut do something like do anything, do anything with, with pro hockey, do anything of consequence. And, and I, I just, I, I think he's run himself out of racetrack. I, I don't know what he could possibly show up this week and, and show, I hope I'm wrong. Um, man, I've been hoping I've been wrong for what, four years now, five years. Yeah. And well, and Cout Cout is, I think, uh, that's the situation for Cout. That's the situation for Bowers. That's the situation yep. for Maltsev. Yep. Those guys, I, I like. I've kind of just moved on emotionally, where I'm just like, I've given up on these guys. I'd love for them to make it, but it's pretty obvious that if they got even one NHLer out of that group, they would. We would all be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what's the most frustrating with Cout 
specifically from that group is that you had that you had the nine game stretch uh, a couple of years ago. He scored a couple of goals. He was impacting the play. There were some games where he was a little quieter, sure. but you Looking saw out. like Martin Kaut, like he like things were happening, and the Avs said, "Hey, we we don't want to mess with this." We're gonna we're gonna send him back to the AHL because we don't want because we want to preserve the extra year of his contract. You don't do that unless you have a if you, unless you have a high opinion of the guy. Right. And now the question is just where did it go? Where mm-hmm. did that high opinion go? Because I don't I it's such a difficult thing because you look at how he's been used in the NHL and you say. Well, his opportunity hasn't been there. Uh, like he gets in the NA, the NHL and they play him, they play him six minutes, and you're like, "What do you do with that? Like, what the fuck, man?" Uh, but it's it, it's also like, look, you're getting six minutes in the NHL that other guys aren't. Right. You got to do something. Like you, like you just gotta. You just gotta do something. <laughs> right. 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 Something you have to be your biggest advocate. You have to yeah. be, you have to make them say we're keeping this guy around for whatever reason. You know, if you carried, a, if you got everybody coffee in the morning, you carried all their equipment, or you did something to feel like you helped the team out while you were around. You can't just show up and be like, they're not giving me any ice time, and then kick the ground all sad like. You just can't. Well, you've you've got to make something happen. And Kaut, Bowers, Maltsev, Ranta, Foodie, what? Fucking pick a guy. It's also true of all the AHL guys. Sedlak, Bleed, uh, mm-hmm. Charles Udon. You know all those guys. Like all the. That's where. That's what this whole thing is about. Is which one of these guys is going to separate? Because we've seen in the past training camp. Training camp kind of dictates, training camp slash preseason kind of dictate how the Avs approach their call-up hierarchy for the first two-ish months of the season. Because Bender's like, I spent a month with these guys. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm have i going to make up my own mind about which guy I would prefer that you call up in this situation based on what I know about them. What I, what I, what I got out of them in all of the preseason. Uh, and so it's a, it's a huge thing. And Cal was one of the first call-ups last year. He got up here, and then that was encouraging because it was like, great. They're still high on him. And then we never saw him again, and we got a 1,000 games of Kiefer Sherwood and Jason Megna, and you're just like... See, and, and, and that's the part to me where it kind of goes back to what I was just talking about with trades, where, like, I, I, I really... Like, I really do... I, I'm, if we see stuff like that happen again, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to really push, you know, why are we seeing this? Um, you know, the way that it is, because there's obviously something as much as, you know, especially us on our show, we've advocated for a lot of these kids, right. Especially Maltz of last year. Uh, you know, again, we, our show has been on the couch, uh, push for, for years. Maltz have got 18 games, man. Well, well like- right. Well, and, and, and my, you my, got chances, man. My other thing, 100%. And, and like, you just sit there and it's like, okay, like, you almost have to ask the question at some point. It's like, clearly, 
clearly there is something that either they are seeing that I'm not, or there's something they're not seeing that I think I am that makes them say Kiefer Sherwood makes way more sense on the NHL roster than Martin Cout. And, and I I'd love to know what that is. And I don't know if we'd ever get like a fully honest answer on that. Um, not on the record. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, it is one of those things where as much as we want to pound the table for, you know, whoever it is, pick a prospect, pick a call up. There is a reason yeah. why it's not happening. Right. Like there is a reason why it may not be super apparent to us. Um, you know, it may be something real small internally, it's not unlike the way that everyone's like, well, what the hell's going on with Sonny Milano? Why is this? You'd have to get a PTO. Well, come to find out there may be some behind the scenes stuff that have caused some teams to have a moment of pause. I'm not saying it's the case with like Cowder Bowers, but like you're almost at the point where it's like, is it something like that? Because yeah, they, they really seem to be fine giving yeah Jason Megna and Kiefer Sherwood plenty of time. And, and just these young kids at a certain point, you do almost have to look and be like, I just don't think they have it because why haven't we seen it then? Yeah, and like with Bowers, you're like, you're having zero call-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never been given a real, actual opportunity to do anything. Because, like, again, Maltsev, I feel less sympathy for because he got 18 games last year. Like, yeah. 18 games is... A, 18, 18 games, man, like, you're... It's almost a quarter of the that's, season. That's what that's that's around the same number that Magna got the same number uh, around the same number as Sherwood like those guys were all kind of in that range. 18 games is an opportunity. It's a look and especially because the first one was like a couple of games. The first time he came up was like those couple games and uh, he made the big mistakes in the Tampa Bay game, I believe. And it was like just just a really, really easy like, well. No, yeah, no, and came back and was more responsible, and we saw some decent things out of him. Um, and it just didn't, you know, again, it didn't stick. And then they got to the point where it was like, all right, we're tightening the screws here. We're not going to continue to mess with this. But a guy like Bowers, I feel for because it's just like it. And Bowers has had like, you want to talk about some truly, truly awful luck? You know, he he. He ends up getting, he has to sit out during the COVID year on two separate occasions because of contact tracing. Not even because he got COVID, but because of contact tracing. And then it was like, anytime there was a call up, he would, he would be hurt. Uh, And then his role was constantly different. And Bowers is a guy that's like very, 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 very little. Uh, has has been like a consistent, straightforward path with him over the last three years. It has not been like, oh, hey, you know, he just hasn't played very well in the HL. It's like, can that guy just get 30 straight games? He just plays 30 games, he's healthy, and his role is whatever it is. Like, whatever is happening, like, he plays a certain way. But we've seen him in multiple NHL preseasons show out. And has not gotten that opportunity and you're just like man i would just love for that for him i would love to see it because really really smart hockey player the skill level isn't there but is a really good skater has good size is very very crafty very polished has always been that way i just for me i'm like 
this should be a fourth line guy for you. Yeah. Like it just should be this. I'm not even like, we're not even like trying to dream here (laughs) and be like, well, maybe he could be a middle six or maybe he could replace JT comp. I'm trying to just get him a look on the fourth line for a week. You know, like I, for me, I, I watch Shane Bowers consistently. And that is one where I'm just like, I would love to know what the organization is missing. Right. It is or it thinks what it is they don't from see, his yeah. game. Yeah. Like what are the, what do the, what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. Because for me I'm I'm Look, I it's not that I know everything. It's not that I'm right about everything, but I've been right enough that I trust my instincts on this. And when I watch Shane Bowers, I I same thing with Martin Kaut, but I understand Kaut has more of a fit problem with how the abs want mm-hmm. to play than Bowers does. Bowers is a perfect stylistic fit. His strengths align with what the abs want to do. So I don't get it with Bowers. With Kaut, I understand that the way that the pace that the abs want to play at presents some issues uh, that they, you know, that that he maybe is not built to kind of do the up and down the way that they want to play. He needs to be, he, he would be a better fit in a slower, more deliberate uh, kind of kind of organized like if he was in Minnesota, you know where they 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 play with an offensive tilt, but they aren't like it's not at breakneck speed, you know. Maybe that maybe that's a better fit for him, especially with some of the guys, you know, the the Freddie Gaudreaux and the uh, Marcus Foligno types that are that are not like fleet of foot and are more deliberate type of players. You know, maybe that's a better fit where it's like. You can see where that guy would fit that organization better than he fits this version of the abs. But with mm-hmm. Bowers, I'm, it's it's lost on me. Uh, I don't get it. And and like you look at his numbers in the HL and they're terrible. And you're just like, okay, well the production sure as hell isn't isn't like banging the desk for you know. Oh hey, right. this guy has to get called up. Like it's and again, some of that is is on Bowers and some of that is not. And that's just sort of been the case with his whole career. Uh, but he he consistently to me I'm just like I and if it's and if it doesn't if it does not go well it doesn't cost you anything to be like okay well we gave him a look we gave this a try it's whatever that's what the early part of the season is for especially if a guy like Nachushkin isn't ready to go and you're moving guys up your lineup like give a guy like that a look for me it's like you're not going to get anything out of a guy like a Megna or or a, a Charles Udon or Anton Bleed like you understand who those guys are in the NHL because you've seen it before and why that's appealing to NHL teams over and over and over and over and over blows my mind there's, there's no upside there but the the downside is limited enough that it's like oh we think we can get by with this guy doing nothing for us He's not hurting us, and that's a positive. There's, there's been a while that I've half subscribed to the theory that they're not showcasing Martin Cout in the NHL too much because it's easier to sell him on the upside. And wow, look at what a great AHLer he is, and he can be good for your team in the NHL in exchange for that player that can help us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Megan and I have to get heading over towards media day. So I think we are going to wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you guys uh, day before training camp? 
tons of them, but that's what training camp is for. Can't wait to actually talk to some NHL players and write some yep. write some stories and drop some audio and play some clips on the show. And it's actually going to be a really fun week of pods for us. So yeah, should stay be, tuned. Should be fun. Megan, any final thoughts? No. Nope. Cool. All right. Well, this well, is the yeah. I was going to say. Uh, DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We will have content coming to you guys uh, the rest of the week from training camp uh, as the abs are officially back on the ice tomorrow morning. Should be super fun. Of course, all of those uh, training camp sessions are open to the public. So if you are uh, around, uh, head on down to Family Sports and you can get a glimpse uh, of them as well. For Megan and AJ, I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.